This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast. Uh, I have a big guest tonight, one of my bigger ones. I don't know who the other big ones are. They're all big. All my guests are big. Uh, Mike Berbigli is here. What's up, Mike? Not much. Thanks for having me on. All right. Wow, you're soft-spoken. <laughs> I'm, I'm not usually the loud guy. Uh, are you ready to get roasted big time? I'm joking. I was afraid of that. I know. I actually I texted Mike, and I uh, I thought it was obvious I was joking. And I said, are you, when he agreed to do it, I said, I'm going to... Um, you know, get ready to get ripped into. <laughs> and then he wrote back, he's like, if it's going to be roast, then I want to prepare. So, I, <laughs> no, it's not going to. I actually you, think that you would be, if you chose to do it, you would be one of the best roast comedians. Well, did you ever see me roast? Not to already bring it to well, me 54 mm, seconds in. <laughs> well, which roast did you I do? did the Chevy Chase roast. Oh, no, I guess I didn't see that one. I'll, uh, I'll show you the clip. How'd it go? Did it it go went well? well. Yeah, it went well. I bet it, it would go it went great. Really well. It was just uh, listed. This guy blogged the, f- the best fifteen roast appearances, and I got one of them. But I've never done another one. I've always wanted to do. Would you? Have you ever been asked to do that? No, I've never been asked, and I don't think I would do it unless it was like a friend. Like actually, that's what I liked about the James Franco one. Did you see it? No, I didn't see that one. The James Franco one. I was like, oh, this is good because they're friends with James Franco. Yeah. It's Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen, and, like, it's actually meaningful that they're roasting him. Right. Yeah. When I did the Chevy Chase roast, there was a... There weren't a lot of friends on the panel. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I know. And I met him after I was done roasting him. Yeah. But it's still fun. Would you... I, I wouldn't want to get roasted. I know that. I think... No. I, I think I'd be... Uh, I think I'm a classic dish it out but can't take it Me in too. that situation. I'm, I, will, I don't even think I would go to a roast and be in the audience for fear of being roasted. Right, being on the dais or yeah. something. Have you, um... Okay. I did a roast once uh, that was not filmed in at the Nantucket Comedy Festival. And it was of Stiller and Mira. Oh, really? Yeah, and Mira and Jerry Stiller. And um, Chris Matthews was in the front row, and so I made a lot of Chris Matthews jokes. Did you really? Yeah, oh, he, man, that would be fun. He threw a bottle at me. Seriously? Not, not, a, not a glass bottle, like a pla- like yeah, a plastic water bottle. He threw it at me. Really? Because yeah, he was mad. He, he's a dish it, but can't take a guy, too. He th- Chris Matthews threw something? Yeah, he was just like, ah, that's not true. You know, like, he, he got mad. That's pretty extreme. He's one of those guys who you, like, if you've ever seen his show Hardball. Yeah, I do watch that show a lot. He, what's crazy is he talks over all his guests, and then at the end of the show, he has a, a segment called Let Me Finish. Yeah, Let Me Finish. And you're just like, you've been talking the whole time. I was, you know, I was once in a coffee shop, and I witnessed a woman talking to this other woman, where it's just one of those things where you're like, one friend is just so heroically listening to the other one. Yeah. just like, wow, she hasn't gotten a word in. She hasn't gotten a word in. <laughs> and the woman just, she made one attempt to go, and uh, let me finish. <laughs> 
It's like, man, it's just, I don't think you. But that's crazy. They threw something at. That's yeah, such an man. extreme. What did you? Do you remember what it was? Oh, there's literally just like an empty water bottle. Like he's just like he just wanted to be. I think he's not used to um, uh, not being able to speak. Right. He wants to be able to get in a word always. Do you remember what the joke was? Or? I, I think I said Chris Matthews. Uh, I think I said you. I watch your show Hardball. I even watch that show uh, on the weekends you have that no one watches. <laughs> yeah. And he that's when he shouted. He goes, people do watch that show. I'll show you the number. Oh, God. And that then, is not the way. Yeah. Then you go. No, I figured someone watches it. It was a joke. But <laughs> exactly. was he in the audience or he wasn't on the dais? No, he was, so he was kinda, front row. He's yeah. front row. And he was vocal. Wow. Yeah. He shouldn't even... Why is someone famous sitting in the front row? Also? I don't... Yeah. That's that's low rent. It's a little bit low rent. That's Bush League. What do you... Uh, I just watched your your your. Did show. you really? I, did. I watched on. Jeez. I have Netflix. I have a Netflix account. <laughs> I watched the entire thing. It was good. Thanks. Because I never got to see that one live. Yeah, you saw the first one, but not this one. Right, and then I noticed it was it was filmed at the place where I just was in Bumbershoot. It was at the Interman Theater. I mean, at the, at the Interman Theater, which I think is has a new name, maybe Seattle Center or something. They changed. So it got bought by someone else. But but it's a gorgeous theater in Seattle that you and I. Were introduced to in the same way. Bumbershoot, for me, 2003 was the first time I did Bumbershoot. And you were there. Yeah. Dimitri Martin was there. Flight of the Concords were oh, there. Yeah, I remember that. Patton Oswald was there. And I remember it because it was the first, it was long before Flight of the Concords had their HBO series. And I remember just watching them going, holy fuck. Like, these guys are so good. Yeah. They're going to be huge. It was like one of those, you know how people always, you know, after the fact say, I knew it all along about some famous but I'm always wrong about those. I always pick the wrong people. I never know. Mm-hmm. And and that was the one where I was like, oh, the, if these guys aren't the biggest thing in comedy, I don't know what is. I'm that way with restaurants. I'll walk around and go... That place has two weeks. <laughs> and then, like, nine years later, you're like, oh, I guess I was may have been off on that one. It's, it's lying around the block. Um, yeah, I, I started working with, I worked with those guys in 2004, at a, or maybe it was t- 2003, in, in Melbourne. I did a TV show with them. Oh, yeah. And I, I was, you know, I never would have. Not, I thought they were really talented, but it was like, it seemed kind of uh, low-key yeah. to be that, to turn into a sensation. But it just shows that low-key people can get <laughs> fans also. Is anyone listening? I don't want to do this podcast. No, I'm joking. Did, um, so you, how many, how many did you film for that? Um, oh, well, I filmed two shows in Seattle. And then, uh, actually, got a, our whole crew is from Seattle. Uh, there's this great, uh, filmmaker named Lynn Shelton out of Seattle. Uh-huh. She did, uh... She did Hump Day, and she did Your Sister's Sister, which I have, like, a cameo Oh, yeah, in. I saw that. Yeah, and so she, um, her cinematographer is this guy, Ben Kaselke, and I, and he's a nice guy, and he's a really talented cinematographer. He shot all of her films. He shot, uh, 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 a bunch of other stuff, and I asked him to film it, and, uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I feel good about it. I feel like it went well. Yeah, it did. Did you? Um, so you just cut two shows together, or is that you know yeah. reveal that? Well, did, for the knows for the most did. part, it was one show. Right, that's yeah, what it usually used, turns out, right? Yeah, we use coverage from one of them. Did you do them both in one night? Yeah. Wow. We had to. That's a heavy it's thing so to do twice. Isn't to, that draining? It was very draining. The whole process has been draining. Because it's not just little, like, uh, hilarious jokes. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of an emotional thing. Yeah. So are you working on a, a new show now? Yeah, working on a new show. What's funny, actually, it, it is an emotional show, and it's on Netflix right now. And so, that you, of course, you look at the user reviews, and it gets a lot of five stars and one stars. It gets people going, this is great, and this is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is not comedy. Right, because they probably... They don't have. There's no room for there for them to have any sort of like a serious undertone. That's right. They want it to be wacky. They want it to be what I do, which is just rimshot, one liners, <laughs> emotionless, detached. Uh, do you think you'll ever do a show? What do you? Can you talk about what your new show is? So my new show, which I'm going on tour with uh, January, uh, doing like 40 cities starting in January, is called Thank God for Jokes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's all about... It's a, it's a lot about jokes, and it's a little bit about God. Seriously? Yeah. I, I talk a little... I mean, because I was very... Uh, I was very Catholic as a kid. Like, yeah. I, I actually was uh, was an altar boy. My mom thought I was going to be a priest. Like, I was really, like, a Catholic soldier. I was really into it. And so, I just have a bunch of stuff about Jesus and oh, okay. stuff like that. So, it's not going to be just jokes, then? Yeah, but it is. I mean, it's it's a series of stories and jokes that add up to, hopefully. I mean, that's the goal with my one-man shows, like Sleepwalk With Me and My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, is that it's a series of stories that add up to one story, hopefully. So you work these out in comedy clubs yeah. and then move it to theaters. Yeah. Do you find that the... I guess you get your people there, so it doesn't matter where they're sitting. They're like... I mean, what I'm yeah. saying is they're receptive to something that might be a little subtler. Yeah. I mean, I've, I feel lucky. like I've been lucky because... Because of being on This American Life a bunch, the people have heard those some of the pieces, and they're like, oh, I get it. It's not always just joke, joke, joke. Do you think you'll ever go back to just doing joke, joke, joke? Did you ever do joke? I mean, I don't... I mean, you were more... A little more... I always did... Stand-up-y. Yeah, I mean, I, I... I mean, I've always... I came up working the door at the DC Improv. I was like... You know, so I was just... Doing jokes And then at a certain point Like I did the moth At a certain point And I was like Oh this is good Like I feel like This is a little more natural For me To tell stories And then I And then I kind of Went with that And then This American Life Stuff happened And then uh, And then You know Lately I've just been Doing a lot of stories What happened I'm, I'm sure someone's Asked you this before <laughs> And if you ha- If you want to Not answer it But Oh, what happens? No, it's not. It's not going to be some fucking. It's not a bombshell. Bombshell. No. What happens? Like I, if you run out of stories. Oh yeah, it's a good question. It, it's. Uh, I'm definitely. It's definitely on my mind. Often of like, oh yeah, I guess. You know what it is. I have to be cautious. I don't. I don't think there's any shortage of things that happen in your life that are somewhat. Sad or funny, which you can turn into comedy. But I do think 
when you have a story, you're just these days with the internet and talk shows and all these places where you can kind of quote unquote blow material. Uh-huh. There's so many places that you got to be like, oh, I got to hold that story. That story's really good. Yeah. And and you know, I have a story in my new show right now, and it's like I don't even talk about it. Because I don't want it to be out there, and then people go, "Oh, I heard that on your other. I heard that on the podcast of yeah, the, the Todd Berry's podcast." Oh, so you're going to do it on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is great. World we have premiere. a yeah, we have world premiere of his story. Um, burn copies of this, pass them <laughs> out, play them. Yeah. Do you ever wonder about getting? I sometimes I go from either thinking I'm worrying too much about people seeing it, to like stuff I've done or that's out there, to not worrying enough about it because I think sometimes you know I got sometimes someone will be like hey I saw that on YouTube or something like oh I know okay well yeah you're the only one in the audience who saw that on YouTube yeah no I no I mean there's 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 definitely a lot of ways to look at it but recently I've just been like I feel like you have to have as a comedian you have to have a system of hopefully how you're going to release stuff like, I'm going to work for this many years on the next special or next album, and then I'm going to release it. And then, you know, like, and then I feel like your fans get a sense of it. They're like, okay, I get it. The rhythm. That the you- rhythm of it. Yeah. So how many times... So when you say you advertise the shows, the show's like you're working it out. So yeah. I've never done that. Yeah. I kind of just... I slip in the workout. Although I like your tour, uh, uh, the crowd work. Oh, the thing tour. I'm starting on Monday? <laughs> yeah. What? Why, thank you. <laughs> What's that? Although, the, when this airs, I'll already be deep into it, like two shows. I'm going to I'm gonna plug your crowd work because... Oh, I appreciate I that. I wanted to say, second to none crowd work. Really? Barry, yeah. I, I don't, I'm trying to think of anyone who I've seen do better crowd work. Did you ever see Mike Sweeney do crowd work? Yep, very funny. He's like my crowd work... <laughs> Guru. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't even, I don't even want to be the crowd work guy, but I guess I shouldn't do a tour called the crowd work tour. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's, maybe I'm choosing to do something that's not. Uh, in my no, lesson. it's a nice thing because yeah, I like think part of the reason your crowd work works so well is because you're so definitively a writer. People know, like, oh, these are really well written jokes, and they don't think you can do crowd work. There are people who say that, and they're like. You're not really a verbose guy. Uh, what? How do you do a crowd work tour? What is it? This has nothing to do with like someone who's verbose. It's like you have to be sort of quick, or yeah, you have to have the skills. It's not. It's not like, oh, that guy talks a lot. That he must be great at crowd work. Yeah. Oh, enough about me and my tour. But <laughs> so you're gonna work it out now. Do you go on stage? Do you have notes, or do you do you do it? Do you super casual, or do you try Pretty to casual? Even recently, I, with my Union Hall working at out shows in Brooklyn, I've just been having a beer in the show, which I never yeah. do. And do you ever drink on stage? I've, the t- few times I've tried it. Like, I've done shows where I had half a glass of wine, and it looks like I've had ten drinks. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like, slurring, and, like, people are like, what the fuck? You, what's here all right, man? I, I smoked pot once before going on stage, and it was a disaster. Really? It was like... I was open for Tom Rhodes in Sacramento. Uh-huh. Very funny comic, yeah, Tom Rhodes. Yeah. And and uh, someone had a joint backstage, and uh, they were like, "Hey, you want to smoke this?" I'm like, and I was trying to be cool. Like it was definitely like, uh, like I was, you know, I was 23 years old, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And then next thing you know, I'm on stage. I've forgotten my entire act. I don't know what to say. I'm supposed to do. I think it was like I was supposed to do like 25 minutes. I do like five, and I'm like, "Thank you very much." <laughs> 
Yeah, there's times I've had like a, one drink maybe and done like an open mic, like one of those loose kind of where you just drop in. And it's fun because you just fuck around. Yeah. But I don't see how guys just have drink after drink and not have it affect them. Yeah, me neither. But so you've been having a beer on stage now, having said this. Like, you'll, you'll have one beer throughout the entire... Yeah, one beer. Yeah. Yeah, Pace, yeah. you'll be fine, yeah. probably. And you just go out there, and then you just... How do you... Do you tape every show? Yep. And then you actually listen to the tapes? For the most part, although I've gotten a little lazy uh, lately. Oh, God, I, I hate listening to Because you have to hear your own voice. Well, it's, it's just worst. like, I, yeah, it's just like, oh, I can't wait to get home and listen to that set I just did. Yeah. Although, when I started out... Couldn't wait to listen to the set I just did. Yeah. It's all over for me. I'm jaded. <laughs> I had a good run. It, was, it used to be fun. It's not fun anymore. Now I autopilot it. No, that's not true. I still like doing it. I still like doing it. Do you... The goal is always the theaters, right? Clubs. Yeah, I love theaters. Yeah, theaters people, are nice. Yeah. People listen hard. I know. You get paid hard also. That was tacky. That was gross. Sometimes you get paid oh, hard. Yeah, sometimes, I, guess, oh, I guess I do get paid sometimes, yeah. Did you? How did you make the transition? Because not a lot of people can do it. To, from like, Did you just say, I want to play theaters? Yeah. And yeah. try booking me in theaters? Yeah. It was, it was my agent, Mike Berkowitz, who, was, who uh, I just said to him, I go, I, I'm better at theaters than I am at comedy clubs. I got to figure out how to play theaters. And he's like, I'll try and figure it out. Yeah. He kind of cracked it. He's good at that. He's good. I'm glad he's my agent as well. <laughs> so if you want to book my guy for a double team corporate gig. Is he your agent? Him and another guy that oh, are okay. my agents, yeah. Joe Schwartz. Oh. Both, I believe, Jewish I men. Joe. Yeah. Both Jewish men. <laughs> oh, you think Berkowitz and Schwartz are Jewish guys? For some reason, I couldn't say Schwartz without pointing out that he was Jewish. As opposed to Berkowitz, which, you know, that could that could go either way. Yeah. Um. So did you... So, like, small theaters at first? Like yeah, exactly. 500, 500 seaters, 1,000 seaters, and then recently it's... How big are you playing now? Um, not that much bigger. 1,500, 2,000. That's pretty times. big, though. Yeah. Do you get nervous? No. Come on. Not that nervous. Really? Yeah, I get nervous about odd stuff. I get, I'm more nervous now about this podcast than I'll be about well, this show. There's a lot more than 2,000 people who are going to be listening to this one. <laughs> True. Maybe... Yeah, actually, no. Maybe fifteen hundred people. <laughs> this is like doing a fifteen hundred seater, <laughs> only not getting paid and getting paid in sparkling water. This is a three thousand year podcast. This is. It's gonna be. We're gonna be here a while. So, when you first started, did you? How long did it take before you started like filling them? Or was it right off? A couple of years. A couple of years. It took it took like two or three years. Because that's a lot of pressure. Because you there was so much pressure. Comedy club for some reason. I guess if they're unless they're paying you a lot at a comedy club, there's just like someone's gonna be there. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know where they come from, but people will be there. But a theater, yeah. man. Yeah, theater. It's like they have. To, it has to be their destination. But it's good the way you do it because you come up with a whole new show, then you can just go right back to the same place you went to. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Except that you have to write a whole show. Yeah, it always amazes me when some of these guys go out to the theaters without the show done. I'm always like. Wow, you're just going you're just really going like. What do you mean? Like I don't know. Like I feel maybe I'm. I, I don't want to name names, but like I see certain theater acts where I'm just like, are you doing clubs be, with the hour before you take it to theaters? Or are you just going straight to theaters? Are you talking about more like celebrity type people who aren't real comedians? 
No. I'm afraid we might have to start mentioning names. <laughs> if we're going to hit this point hard and really make it clear for the my no, listeners. I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is like I look at like, for example, two very successful good comedians like Louis and Aziz, mm-hmm. and you go, well, those guys are just playing these huge theaters. There's a ton of yeah. dates on the, and Gaff again, yeah, a ton of dates on theaters, and you're like, are they go- are they going to clubs and making the tightening the material, or are they tightening it in the theater? Yeah, I've had Louis explain it to me, and I still don't understand. What does he say? He kind of like, yeah, I start out this, and I know he'll go to the clubs, and I know like Chris Rock goes to the clubs, yeah. and a lot of them go to the clubs. But you still think, to me, it'd be like, shouldn't you go to the clubs for like? six weeks to really get because you just have to be a little more presentational and tighter yeah when you're there's a thousand people watching you oh yeah I don't have to tell you that <laughs> I have to tell myself that because I've never performed in a theater <laughs> I've never once performed in a the theater do you um, so you travel by bus do you sometimes I do yeah this winter I probably will Probably will. What yeah, are the other I, it's nice sleeping on the bus. Is no, I know. Nice. I've done it. Yeah. I've done it. It's pretty pleasant. I toured with our friends, mates of state. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love those guys. Bottom bunk, not happy. <laughs> you don't like bottom bunk? Well, you roll out onto the floor. Like, it's uh, like, I was like, hey, guys, I'm happy to do this, but I don't usually roll out onto the floor. When I wake up, I open for. I, I <laughs> it doesn't open. happen at the Marriott, you know. If you're on the floor, then you, there's a problem. I open for, you know, the band Fun. Yeah. So the band Fun, Nate from Fun and Jack from Fun were formerly in two other bands called The Format and Steel Train. Uh-huh. And I open for The Format and Steel Train for like I don't know a couple weeks. Really? A bunch of years ago, yeah. And. Uh, before they were fun and uh, before they were the band fun and we were going through like Arizona and Texas and like Oklahoma and a bunch of places and I was sleeping on the bottom bunk like you're saying Uh and there was actually a cockroach in the bunk I think that's like probably the least of your worries (laughs) and a a rock bus it's like it'd be like oh maybe he's eating some of the bacteria the the cockroach yeah did you uh so they were actually a tour. I didn't know much about. Them. I know that they they've been around for a while. Yeah, and there's a third band that Andrew is from called Anathala. I don't know the individual members. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know the band Fun, but I don't know their yeah who they are. Their origins. No, yeah. I do. Yeah, but was that was it enjoyable? To it was pretty fun. Although I have to say, or it was pretty enjoyable. But uh, I have to say, rock and roll not as glamorous as it seems. Is my experience well? I, I, it's surprising that how many of those bands, like even bands you've heard of, sleep on their bus, like oh just yeah, park it and sleep. Even I mean, I don't. I think comedians would do that also. Not Louie, but yeah, yeah. Park it and sleep, and then do you they, ever don't, do that? they don't. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. I guess if you have a shower and you have a fully functional toilet, yeah, we don't want to get into that. But there's limitations on some of these buses. Toilet-wise. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Figure out the gross details of what I'm... The implications. So you went on tour with those guys, and what kind of... It's hard opening for a band. Really hard. I think it's only... I think the only times I've done it are where it works. Well, for the most part, it does work, but I usually pick it based on whether the band... I know them. I just don't want to be thrown to the wolves 
oh, some yeah. rock club. Well, Nate was really nice. He would actually introduce me. Yeah, that makes all the show. difference. It's everything. Yeah, because then they're, they're not like... This is some shithead that they threw. Exactly. The their their agent like booked on their right. own. Not that the audience should be shitty to that person, but it's less likely to be shitty. To Who's yeah. Nate now? Is he the singer? Yeah, Nate the Pencil singer. I always think that's a great idea to do, but then I feel bad. Like like if I were the singer, I think I would be like, hey, I don't want to go out there and go out there again. Like <laughs> yeah. it kind of kills the whole mystique. Of, yeah. But that's good that he did that. Do you keep in touch with those guys? Yeah, yeah. I just saw them at Radio City. And uh, and and I saw him on the pier actually. Do you think they regret that name? Fun. Their name's great. I think it's good. I just I just think how many times a day they must people must go. Hey, I enjoyed your show. It was fun. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, it's a little confusing. It's natural to say show was fun, and then if you say that to a band whose name is fun, I would think that would be annoying to them. Yeah, as they they, get the period at the end. They got the period. Your show was fun. Period. <laughs> I'm sure that joke has been made before. I think every fun joke has been made. Yeah. So when's the last time you opened for someone? Do you remember? Um, oh, you opened for me in San Francisco. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just got an email. <laughs> I guess I'm supposed, that was. I'm supposed to turn the I, I thought that that was a bragging bell. No, it's like, <laughs> that's funny. You just, hey, I just remembered you opened for me. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> And because this is sort of a down, DIY down and dirty, I will leave the sound of me. I'm not going to check the email, which is which would be hilarious thing to do. <laughs> and I am dying to know what it is. Because I get, oh, my God. What were we asking? Oh, you opened, we're for, talking me like, I opened for you in San Francisco Punchline. Yeah. I'm going to guess 2004, 2005. That was a while ago, yeah. And uh, I remember there's a little, I think you were hard to follow. Maybe. Could be. Could be. What do could you mean? Be. Could be. Could be. You're supposed to say no way, Todd. You no fall. way. No way. Impossible. No, I th- I actually think that's not hard to do as a middle. I think the middle slot. It's the sweetest spot. It's the sweetest spot on the show. You go up. The MC warmed everybody up. You just have to do 25 yeah. minutes of your yeah. best material. I, I mean, it's being a headliner is much harder than being it a middle is. act. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's rough, man. <laughs> you don't use an opener when you do the theater tour, do you? I, have, I didn't use one on this one. Might use one on the next one, on this one this winter. I don't know. I'm not sure. How do you feel about it? I feel like for... I don't know. There's something cool about... I don't know. Well, I like having cold. a... cold? Yeah, because I feel like... Because they already know you and know what your style is. Yeah. They're probably going to be very receptive. But there is something about hearing someone... Gauging the audience by hearing how the opening act is doing. Yeah, that's you know, like, true. Oh, this sounds like a good crowd. Yeah, and then it relaxes you, and then, then hopefully, you do a good show. Do but, you get nervous before shows? Yeah, it depends on the the. I get situationally nervous. Like big shows and big theaters still make me a little nervous. Yeah, I don't feel as always feel as loose, but I've loosened up. Like sometimes I'll just keep the mic on the stand and hold it like with a death grip. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you, you look out there. Like, I like to see the audience, and if if you don't get that um, request in early enough, to, or they screw it up, or you go, can I want to see some of the audience? Yeah. Then you go out there, and it's just pitch black, and that's just, that's weird to me. Yeah. Do you like it pitch black? I like pitch black. Do you really? Yeah. Because I like I saw, to just look at a smiling face in the crowd and just... I saw you do a killer show, I remember, at uh, South by Southwest. It's possible. I think Emos. Emos? I think it was at Emos. When I, a headlining show? 
I think so. I did have I know I was there like a couple of hours later or something, and really? I was watching yours to see how it got. Yours went much better than mine. South by Southwest is such a such a mess of bands and comedians. Yeah, that's and the most. Uh, that's the I love it. Get me out of here festival. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is great. Oh, good. I'm leaving tomorrow. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Tell you what isn't overwhelming at South by Southwest, the pay. <laughs> um, but that's you don't want to hear about that. I had a South by Southwest joke this year. You did? Let's hear it. Which was, uh, I go, there's so many bands. <laughs> there, there's ba- I, I go, there's so many bands South by Southwest. There's bands performing next to bands. There's, I, I went back to my room. There was a band performing in my mini fridge. <laughs> and it was a good slot. They were psyched to be there. They were it like, was, thanks for coming out. It was the main stage out. in my mini fridge. <laughs> they said, thanks for coming out. And then they handed me a Mars bar. That's funny. <laughs> it was funny. They, that is like, the thing about South by Southwest. It's like, you kind of want to go, you know, maybe not in the hotel lobby. You don't need a band. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can walk through into my room without hearing yet. Uh, here's one more band for you to hear before you go to sleep. Yeah, it's that's crazy that festival. Yeah, I feel like it's like it's a young person's festival, but I don't think I would have liked. I mean, I did like going there, but I don't think. I love I that. Ho- I love that hotel there, though. Are you this pulling is, your notebook out? I'm pulling out. Uh, Holy shit! You can. Gonna... Like, this is the hotel I stay at when I'm there. It's my keychain. Oh, uh, that's a hotel. now you go there because uh, hotel San hotel Jose. San Jose. Yeah. You go there because you sleepwalk. Yeah, because they have ground floor and they uh, and I sleepwalk and I actually have to stay on the ground floor. But that's a beautiful hotel. It does look very nice. And I'm sure the discounted rate you're going to get by mentioning it on the Todd Barry podcast, <laughs> I'm happy to help you along with that. And hey, if I'm ever in Austin, I'd love to stay there as well. Never stayed there. Here it's great. Home slice pizza across the street. Home slice pizza. I do like. I like that area of Austin. Yes, yeah, nice. That South Congressy area. Yeah. Do you worry when you're at a hotel like that about like I have this thing? Although that's a cool looking hotel. Yeah. There's. I do sort of have a no doors that open out to the street kind of oh yeah that freaks me out a little bit do you worry about people banging on your door yeah but that that place is pretty insulated but yeah I've had that concern I I generally find it to be a bad sign when a a hotel faces like the highway yeah I've had like promoters drive me up this is where you're staying Mm, this is not where I'm staying and then they scramble and then you go alright I'll just stay here one night you won I'm so glad I'm not on the other side of that conversation. I'm so glad I'm not the promoter of that <laughs> conversation. Like, like, yeah, oh shit, it's prima donna. Guy sold 30 tickets. He's telling me he's not happy with the hotel. I sold more than that. I sold thousands. Do you? Um, so South by Southwest, have you done? A, you've done like Sasquatch too, right? Didn't, did we? Yeah, do that? I did it. I did it in May. Yeah, that's I've done it twice now. I think that's my favorite. Were you able to hear yourself? Festivals. Heard myself fine. The show itself was fine. Me and Tignataro did it back to back this year, and uh, the shows were fun. And then, but then you get to watch these bands yeah, yeah. overlooking the gorge, which is just like a natural phenomenon. Beautiful. I feel like we were there together. I think I mean, so. Yeah, we were. We were. And but this year, I saw, got to see Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros live. That I don't know great. much about them. You don't know them? I've heard the name. They are great. And, uh, yeah, I saw some great bands. Do you, um, now when you book a tour, do you just go, put me out there, I'll play everywhere, or do you do you have a real strategy? Do you do weekends, or do you just slam it out? 
You, you mean when I go out on tour? Yeah, like when you're when you're upcoming theater tour that starts in January. Yeah. Are you? Do you go? I really want to go back to Pittsburgh. I yeah, yeah. This place. And, yeah. And so Berkowitz and I will get on Berkowitz and I will get on the phone like once a week and talk about like where we want to go. So like this one, I know I'm going to go to. I'm going to Boston, Chicago, you know, Portland. We we try to look at like where I didn't go in the last two years, basically. Uh-huh. Do you ever? Um, That's the strategy. Do you ever just go? Hey, man, I've never done a show, and like I'm doing a show in Mississippi. I've never done. Oh, a show that's in cool. And it's like I've always wanted a show, and I was excited to get booked in Hattiesburg because I like to kind of go everywhere. That's really cool. But you know, I find <laughs> sometimes I'll say that to him, and they'll be like, uh, like, like I'm going to Nashville, Tennessee, in the in like a month or two. And then I'm like, hey, let's do a show in, uh, what's the other big city there? Memphis. Memphis, yeah. Not Chattanooga, Memphis. Um, I'll go, let's do a show in Memphis. And he'll just be like, you don't want to do a show in Memphis. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I'll be like, no, I do. <laughs> I get emails from people from there. And, and, and then, you know, people warn you against certain cities. They're like, yeah, don't I, go I to never, that city. I never, I mean, there, I guess there's some cities where I'm like, all right, their crowds can be shitty there. But for the most part. I feel like you're going to get your crowd anywhere. Yeah. I mean, the problem, I guess, I would right. be if you need to sell 1,500 tickets and maybe there's some cities where maybe you could sell 400 tickets. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But you should go to I, Memphis. I agree with you, though. I think you should try to go everywhere. I think, like, that's reason. Like, Memphis is a cool city. Yeah, yeah. People totally. are going to write into you and say, why? What's your problem with Memphis? No, and I want to go there. <laughs> I'm speaking now just you know, to the Memphis now people. Now you're going to just book a one-off there. No, but every time, every once in a while, I'll do a show and I'll be like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. It's Coral Springs, Florida. I you went know. to Coral Springs High and School. And I was like, oh, it's great. Did you really? I went to Coral Springs High School. <laughs> That's so weird that you said Coral Springs, Florida. I went to Coral Springs High School. Sample Roads. Look it up. So Coral Springs, I was I did Coral Springs, and I think in the spring, and I was like, oh, this can be a disaster. And then it was great. The people were great. Yeah. So I used to live in I lived in Coral Springs from 1972 to 75. Wow. I know. It's over. That's 300 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it. Wow, like, a long but when time I went there, when I lived there, was like one restaurant. To the idea that there was like a, a performing arts center. Yeah. And it was a big crowd. Yeah, they probably great. can't. I mean, I think I think places like that they they can't believe like these come to Coral Springs. Yeah, and it's not like when I go to the small towns. A lot of times, you'll uh, you'll see people's names on the wall. You'll see the posters of the acts, and you're like, oh, that person's touring. Yeah, because apparently this is where that person goes. You know, like I don't want to throw people under the bus, but like yeah, there's people know. who I've seen who are sort of like these fringy jazz artists who are like. I've been seeing that name on posters. Like, the, the, the guy must be on the road 200 days a year yeah. since I remember the mid-'80s first seeing his name. Well, you know what's funny is, like, I'll see, like, a lot of theaters I go to, like, almost almost without fail, I'll see Paula Poundstone's poster on the wall. And, like, I've never even met her. That's but so I feel weird. like I know her because she's always on the wall everywhere. I've weirdly just randomly looked up her tour dates not too long ago, within the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Just as, I was like, I wonder what she's doing. And she, like, it's interesting that someone like that is still playing theaters. She tours like crazy. Yet, uh, you know, you don't really see her on TV. She's on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Oh, is she? Yeah. Uh, does that, I've never done that show. Can you get me on that show? I could try. Does that, will that help my career? I think it'll help your career a lot. Have you done that a lot? I just did it once. That's an easy show, right? You, know, you don't have to be smart to even be on that, right? Like, you don't have to, it's not like Marin quizzing you on the news. Marin did it. Oh, my God, this guy's a, <laughs> can't joke about that, I don't. 
he'll come after us on Twitter. Yeah. You, by the way, are the, you're one of the best at Twitter. Oh, thank you. You're born for Twitter. You think so? Yeah. You're a... Uh, I remember the funny tweet you had when you, before your account was verified. You were like, hey, Twitter, who... Who else would do this many tweets about Mike Birbigli? <laughs> I forgot that. I was like, wow, sorry. that's the best way to make a case for a verified account. Um, you, and then, yeah. No, and go I, ahead. You were about to compliment. You, you, well, you, were, you, you helped me get my account verified. Did I? You, you gave me advice on it. Oh, oh like, I think hey, I, I, I saw your, Oh, yeah, yeah, I used to have a guy. Yeah, he's not there anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's not. So I don't have any pull ouch. for those of you with three followers who want me to get you verified. Is ouch still one of your catchphrases? Um, I don't know if I have said ouch lately. <laughs> I am saying ouch because it's about 95 degrees and I shut the air off too. <laughs> yeah. So the sound would be amazingly flawless. How's our time, by the way? Because I know that you're... I listen, no, we got time. I, I listen to the podcast, so I know that you're hyper aware of how long each and episode that's cause is. And I'm, that's because I'm antsy and have... ADD, probably. Yeah. So I'm a clock watcher. Do you have that ailment? Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, my wife and I are completely opposite. She's always late, and I'm always on time. Really? It's a huge source of contention. I'm a always on time guy, too, and it, it's... it's I, I kind of... When people are like, I'm always late, I go, what's... Not something you should admit because you should just. Are you fixing that? Yeah. Because like, the, like it's weird to be like I'm always late. Like why are you always late? Not exactly. like hey I got caught in traffic. Sorry I'm late. But you're like I just I'm always not going to be on time when you say. I always feel like saying, oh you mean you don't you always don't want to be there that much? Does she? Does that happen when you uh, fly together? When we fly together, like it's, fly. yes, absolutely. Yeah, like we'll always, I'll always be the first person kind of like waiting at the door. My new thing is I'll just like stand there, be like, I'm ready, but I'm not going to say anything else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stand here, but I'm not going to say anything That's else. beautifully passive aggressive. <laughs> I don't even Well, I always say the late people, I'm like, it's so easy to be on time. Because all you have to do is be early, and early lasts for hours, and on time just lasts for a second. I used to get, show, get to shows crazy early. Like, sometimes I'd sit there and let me, like... Because sometimes you're just in your hotel room, or I'm in my hotel room, and I'm like, I just want to get out of this hotel room, I'm going to go to the venue. And then yeah. you're like, if they don't have a good dressing room, then you're like, yeah. here, stay in this uh, storage closet. Yeah. Sit next to the cleaner that we use for the floors, <laughs> the one time we cleaned the floors. <laughs> Do you ever get that? I mean, it's been a while since I've had that, but I've had that where you're like, well, we don't really have a dressing room for you, but you can stay here. It's like, <laughs> oh, the storage closet where yeah. there's 60 Taco Bell wrappers because this is where you eat also, and you don't even think that you should clean it up before I get there. The smallest one ever was, uh, do you ever play Dayton Jokers? No. Didn't, it's not around anymore. I, was, I heard that was a good place. Actually. It was a great club. Emo Phillips used to rave about that. Yeah, yeah. Emo Phillips used to play there. Hedberg played there a lot. And... I opened. It was the first person, first person I ever middled for was Hedberg mm -hmm. at Dayton Jokers, and there's a the, the dressing room. Was, like I'm not. It sounds like a joke, but it's real. It was the size of a chair. Really? <laughs> Can we build a chair? <laughs> so it's like you open the door, and there's the chair, and then that's the whole room. And uh, and I remember Hedberg was so nice. He was like. He was like, he was like, it's your dressing room too. You can hang out. You know, it was just like, I was That's like, no, cool. no, thanks. But he, you know, it, it's uh, yeah. No, some of the dressing rooms are so small. Do you have um, a real specific rider contract rider? I got. 
I get uh, razor blades. Really? Shave my face. You ask for disposable razors? Yeah. So and you shave right before you go on shave stage? Shave right before I go on stage, yeah. That's interesting. I brush my teeth. I get So I get toothbrush and toothpaste. Really? Yeah, that's it. So you like to do that... You can't like brush at the hotel and then come over. Well, it's it's just a ritual thing. It's like waking. It feels fresh. It, it feels like I'm waking up. It feels like I'm taking a shower without taking a shower. That's cool. Yeah. So you ask for razors, toothbrush, toothpaste. What else? Yeah. And the razors, of course, convenient for if the show doesn't go well. Yeah, you could kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so you should you should put that. I will be using these. Get ones that are make really easy to kill myself with. <laughs> That's what they're for. So you get razors and a... And a toothbrush and toothpaste, yeah. That's all you... Yeah, and then waters. Yeah? Yeah. Sometimes vegetables, which I don't eat. You don't eat vegetables? And then I give to people. I sign them and give them to people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do you not eat vegetables, period, or do you just don't eat them before? I, no, I do. I do. It's hard to... It's, do, you, do you like to be a little hungry when you go on stage? Yep. I was told that's a good thing. Really? I don't remember. Just someone said it. I don't know if they knew what they were talking about, but... I am conscious of like being like. Sometimes you want to. They have like a dinner, and you're like, want to have dinner? Like, I don't want to eat a half a chicken and then go on stage. I'm ravenous after I get on yeah, stage. Yeah, after. Do you go out after your shows? Not really. I very rarely do. Do you? I like to go. I like to just see the city on some level. Yeah. Like I, you were I, saying that in the Nikki Glazer episode. I never have been one who like. I'm just gonna go back to the hotel. Yeah. Just because I want to see something. It doesn't have to be some crazy party scenario with crystal meth and crank <laughs> and heroin. But those, a lot of times it is those, yeah, th- yeah. those three things mixed. But so you'll do you stick to you bolt out of there? Because I've worked with people and I know certain comedians like run out of the theater. Like I did. A, I opened for Dennis Miller once where um, in Baltimore at this huge the, the Meyerhoff Symphony Hall and. He 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 walked onto stage like minutes before, like minutes after he arrived. Like got a car to the theater, walked in, walked on stage. I was, I introduced him. Walked off stage, walked into the car, left. The people who were running the event came backstage with like the governor, like they came, <laughs> like they came with like political figures and like this whole group of people. And they're like, "We're here to meet yeah. Dennis Miller." Yeah, Dennis Miller did not want to meet you. He's in a car going home. And he was just straight up, he was gone. That was the fastest exit I've ever seen. To me, I feel like part of that is, you know, part of the f- experience is soaking in like the before and the after. Like, I understand yeah. if he doesn't want to meet 80 people right after he does a show yeah. and pose for 80 pictures, but decompress. Yeah. Like maybe that's how he decompresses. That's exciting, though, to zip in. See, I also, that means he doesn't even look, know what the theater looks like. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I've done shows with Louie a couple of times where we cut a little close. Because <laughs> that's his style, not mine. But you know, <laughs> if I'm working for him, then it's his style that uh, trumps everything. But, and then where you're like, I don't think I'm about to walk out in front of 2,500 people and I have no idea what the, the theater looks like. Yeah. And then you walk in. Sometimes it's exciting. Like, holy shit. Yeah. There's a place in Tulsa, that Brady Theater. Have you ever done that one? I no. Know you have. Really? No, no. It's beautiful. But really? You do that. Tulsa? Yeah. Is that one of those cities? That That's one of those cities. But I no, I want to go to Tulsa. I'm surprised. You, have you done Oklahoma though? Right. I did Oklahoma City once. Yeah, Oklahoma's great. Yeah. Great bands out of there. Yeah. Um, Bill Hader from there. Bill Hader and great bands. <laughs> Fearless Freaks. 
I don't know who they are. The uh, the documentary is called Fearless Freaks. The band is a oh uh, the Yoshimi Battles band. Oh yeah 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 yeah. What's well, Flaming Lips? Flaming Lips are from Oklahoma. I can't yeah. believe I just said oh, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you already do you have this tour booked already? I think Berkowitz is booking it right now. Oh, so I was asking you, how many do you do in a row? Do you? Uh, oh, so it used to be that I would go, I'd go out for like three months, and it would kind of just be like. I was kind of living there, you know, two, three months. I was just living there. And this one is just going to be like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come home. Because I'm trying to have like a little bit more yeah. of a normal life these days. It's hard. Yeah, I could see doing that. But also, then there's that, like, as you see right here, unopened unop- bag from the last trip that I took. Oh, that, yeah. That's ready to, like, I don't even, you know, you're like, I'm going to leave soon. Where are you going to next? I'm going to my crowd work tour that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> Is that the crowd work voice? I'm going like, that's my plug, self-conscious about plugging. Where's the, well, where's the next stop? Well, I'm going to do San Diego. Oh, that's cool. I've never played San Diego. You've never played San Diego? No, I've heard it's great. It's I've cool. been to San Diego. I haven't played it. That's weird that you haven't played San Diego. Where are you playing there? Just a, a rock club called the Casbah. Then I'm doing Largo. Me too. I'm doing Largo in December. Yeah, Largo. That's awesome. Largo's, I love that yeah, place. Yeah, that place is the great. greatest. Yeah. Then I'm going to San Francisco, a place called the Chapel. Largo, can I just say something about Largo? Largo is, and people, if anyone's listening to this in Los Angeles, you guys should know, Largo is a treasure. I know. It is, you guys should realize that the people who you're getting to see, Amy Mann and, and, and Patton Oswald and all these people who just kind of drop in there, Jeff Garland, it's not like that other places. Like, I know. You don't get that. Like, if you, if, if I lived in LA, I would go to Largo all the time. Yeah, Largo. Do you ever do the old Largo? Yeah. That was a great room as well. It was well. great. Yeah, it's a good room, and it's also... And Flanagan's great. A little more, yeah, and it's a little more professional. I mean, not professional, but it's like a real show. It's a real show, yeah. It's Meaning a beautiful theater. Meaning you have to pay more than $5 <laughs> to see famous comedians perform. Speaking of which, I'm doing UCB theater tonight. Oh, you are? What are you doing there? I'm doing, I've been doing uh, improv lately. Really? Yeah. I, thought you, I saw you tweet about that. Yeah. Do you like it? I love it. I mean, I, that, when I was in college, I did improv. Like, I was in an improv group, actually, with Nick Kroll and uh, Allison Becker and a bunch of other really great improvisers. And, uh, and then we moved to New York. We had this group called Little Man for a while, me and Nick. And, and then on the tail end, when I was leaving, John Mulaney came in. And then, and then I, I just my, I got carried away with stand-up. And then I dropped off. But then lately, I started doing improv again. I love it. It's so fun. Maybe I should... I did... There used to be this show at a place called Chicago City Limits, I think. Yeah. That was up here where you would do a Friday... And this was a long time ago. Where you do... Friday nights, they had a stand-up on the show, and then the stand-up would do some improv. I remember that. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think I did improv then, but I've never... I've never done it since... I'm curious, though, because I... uh, It's hard, though, right? Like, I think I'm fairly quick, but I... Yeah, I mean, it's something that I... I mean, I I, I was super focused on it. When I was in college, I did improv. I just lived it. I just did it constantly, and so I feel like it's a little bit... So you're just doing it as goof. You're not... Well, I'm, I'm, I have I'm, a plan to go it's not a, No, no. But I, it's, for, it's fun. Like tonight, A.D. Bryant is coming uh, from Saturday Night Live. And uh, Chris Gethard, who's so mm-hmm. funny, is yeah. doing it. Uh, Neil Casey. It's just like a bunch of really fun, funny people. Yeah, any swag? Any, let's hear some, any good Twitter stories, man? Oof. I had to block somebody. Ooh, let's hear it. It was just some, like, there's just, like, this, some... 
I, I, I don't mean to call someone names. It's just all that I could understand about him was like he was like a Republican strategist in California. Uh-huh. Like I was trying to, un- you know, how sometimes you see people on Twitter and you're like, how come you have seventy thousand followers? And you're trying well, to figure you, it out. And then you go, oh, they follow eighty five. They follow eighty five thousand people. Now yeah. he was like that. Yeah. And then he's also like a Republican strategist, and then he. He would just, like, constantly, like, lay into me in his Twitter feed. Like, just say mean stuff. And at a certain point, you're, like, you know, you're looking up mentions and seeing if you should write back to people and stuff like that. At a certain point, if someone's just mean to you all the time, you just got to block it. Yeah. It's like, I don't need that in my life. Right. And then they go, oh, Mike, they would block me. Couldn't take it. It's like, why Why would you? Someone, I was talking to someone about it. I think it was blocking or critics or something. And they're like, well, if you're on a bus... And someone sat next to you and started insulting you. <laughs> and you saw another seat on the bus that you could walk to. Would you do that? And the answer is yes. So that's what blocking is. I, I always say that about hecklers. People are like, people are like, oh, no, he, he wanted hecklers. You could tell because he was so funny how he responded. And I go, yeah, if you punch someone in the face right. enough times, eventually they'll get good at blocking the punches. It doesn't mean they want to get right. punched. Exactly. Right. No, that's exactly true. I think I nailed it. Have you ever walked off stage like uh, Chappelle did? You know, I think I've walked off stage, but never with that kind of, those kind of stakes. With 10,000 people? Yeah. I mean, I think I've walked off with 20 people in the audience. I thought it was kind of brilliant because I don't know if he thought about it. I didn't, you know, I only listened to like one audio tape of it, but I think it's a great idea. If like you start a tour, audience is terrible. Yeah. You walk off, then the next town you're going to, they're going, wow, if we're terrible, he's going to walk. Yeah. We want to see Dave Chappelle, so maybe we should listen up. I got booed off stage once at the, I was on the Opie and Anthony virus. Oh, really? And uh, it was just mean. It was straight up mean. And then, uh, I don't know, it, it was, it was, it actually shook me up. It was in Jersey and I had to drive home afterwards. And I was like, I had just been booed by like 7,500 people. Like, like that's a really hard thing right. to cope with. It's a hard with. thing to do a good show for 7,500 people. Yeah. That really throws your nerves. I'm driving home. I'm like shaking. I thought I was going to drive off the road. Wow. Did they, um, so it was just one of those things where you walked out there, said yeah. hi, and they're like, "Let's get this guy." Well, that's kind of like because the they didn't they didn't know you at the time or something. Or? I think a combination of they didn't like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they decided in advance they didn't like me, and uh, yeah, and they, I mean that. I, had you ever heard of that? Like there was a Bill Burr. Yeah, I've never watched it, but I've heard he he was, got heckled by it, at the virus tour, yeah. and then. And then he defeated the audience. Like he right, handily, he actually, yeah, like he handily actually, defeats that's like not easy thousands of people. Yeah, that and was, then it became a thing where people were repeating it to try to get that to happen again. Yeah, that's the bad part of it. Yeah. Of being good at it and also having it be on a YouTube clip. Yeah. Um, shit, I was just going to ask you something. Twitter, blocking, <laughs> blocking, Twitter. Oh, I was going to ask you about something in your show, but I don't know if you want me to reveal like, something that's oh, you in your, that. your Netflix show. Yeah. The part where you got in that car accident. Yeah. Um, and it was clear that you weren't at fault. Yeah. But the, it was a clerical error or something. Yeah. But the, I just and was, then I had to pay for the yeah, drunk driver's car. Like, when I saw that, I was like, man, I this type of thing, I would not have let that go. Like, I, was, I know that you were obsessed, but it's, at I was some going point crazy. you did get defeated, but that would have driven me fucking crazy. 
I was going crazy. I couldn't sleep. So he really just checked off the wrong box? He said... The cop... The cop, like, put in a code that said that it was, like, my fault. And then... What's crazy about it is I don't know, to this very day, I don't know whether or not the other driver paid off the cop or he called his lawyer and says, get me out of this. I know that he was arrested. Oh, really? Yeah. Because when I was at the hospital, I went to the hospital and the drunk driver went to the hospital. He was taken out with cuffs. And I assumed... Okay, he's going to jail and this will be fine. And then, mm. like, a couple months later, I get a bill for his car for $12,000. Did you call your credit card company? I called everybody. I mean, I called my insurance company. I called lawyers. I called private investigators. Like, I could not wrap my brain around how this could happen. And, and, and then uh, and it just was, like, months of this. And then I gave up. Wow. Because I would think the credit card company would have at least investigated it's funny because, like, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I eventually, it's, uh, I, I, the thing that I say in the show, like, I paid for his car, the truth is I, it was a, I settled with the company for, like, you know, a lot, it's a lot of money, but it wasn't the full amount. Uh-huh. But I, I, I probably signed a release saying I can't talk about it. Really? <laughs> but I don't even know. <laughs> There's a really good chance that the lawyers for Avis Renicar are listening to my podcast. I know they're huge fans of mine. <laughs> this is a huge mistake you just made. <laughs> they're gonna be is like, that true about Avis? No, I, don't, I doubt that anyone from Avis. I'm sure I'll find out now. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about or should we just wrap it up? I, don't, I, I never know how to end solid. these things. It's just out. 53 it's minutes. It's a good hour. 53 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to book more. I'm going to bookend it with, I'm going to trash you at the beginning and at the end. <laughs> but that's after you leave. <laughs> and I'm going to, you know, re-edit stuff so it makes you sound stupid. Yeah. Are you going to make another, uh, are you making another movie? I didn't even talk about your movie. Yeah, I'm working on another movie, the adaptation of the show that you saw. And it's, uh, it's coming along well. Are I'm, you, I'm are hoping you to shoot it? it next summer. So far, I'm in it. I'm going to direct it, and I'm writing it. Oh, cool. So far, I'm in it. That's good. <laughs> can I be the guy who works for the rental car company? You can... Uh, I want you to be... I don't want to be like a sassy clerk. I want, I want to be like a real part. I want you to be the character you played in The Wrestler. Uh-huh. Um, I want it to be his sequel. Did you see the Funny or Die video I made? No. Did you do that as a friend? I did a thing where I was supposed to be in Black Swan. Oh, yeah. oh, I did see that. I did see that, yeah. But uh, once again, it's not about me, this podcast. Yeah, Why that's true. You know, maybe it is about me. You know, I mean, Marin's is about him. Yeah, it's true. But I keep mine to about an hour. Yeah. All right, Mike. I think that's it. Thanks for having me over. Is there anything else you want to mention? Burbigs.com? Burbigs.com or at Burbigs is my Twitter handle. And tour starts in January. Tour starts in January and also... Thanksgiving week the DVD of the special comes out and there's a DVD extra I haven't even announced this yet there's a DVD extra it's like a 15 minute documentary short Uh about the making of the special if people are interested in that kind of thing we spent a long time on it and had some really good cinematographers on it that's cool yeah I actually like the way you did the closing credits oh thanks I don't want to reveal that but I thought that was cool thanks I don't want to tell people what it is it's not like some surprise ending but it looks cool Thanks. All right, Mike, thanks. All right, I hope you enjoyed my talk with Mike Berbiglia. 
Uh, I'm in the middle of my crowd work tour. Starting, uh, well, it already started. But Thursday, you can see me in San Francisco, Thursday the 19th at the chapel. Then the 20th, I'll be in Portland at Mississippi Studios. The 22nd of September, I'll be in Seattle at the Crocodile. The 23rd, I'll be in Vancouver at the Biltmore Cabaret. And then the 25th, the newest date, Anchorage, Alaska, at Chilkoot Charlie's. That's the crowd work tour. I have other dates coming up, non-crowd work tour dates in uh, New Orleans, Mississippi, Pensacola, Chicago, other cities. Maybe not other cities. I can't remember. I don't want to look at my calendar right now. I think I gave you plenty to work with. You can find the rest. Check me out at ToddBerry.com, at ToddBerry on Twitter. Also, Feral Audio, F-E-R-A-L Audio.com, who presents this and lots of other podcasts. Thanks. Bye. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.